0: Revolution? Did you really get some coffee? Everybody's fired up, hopefully, for this third week. There we go. Right on cue, guys. Thank you. Hey, so uh, this is the third week of At The Movies Christmas Edition. We're looking at these uh, you know, Christmas classics and kind of finding the, the biblical truth in them. And, um, and And we've done one other thing in this series already. We've discovered the third thing you just don't talk about. Like, we've all heard, like, you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about politics. We break that rule all the time at Revolution, right? But, but you've probably heard that, right? So we've, we've discovered that there's actually a third thing you just don't talk about. And that is, because, because listen, this topic, it divides people. Like, half of people will be on one side, half are on the other side. This, is, this topic creates friction in marriages. I think this topic is creating friction between some of you and me in the most joyous, peaceful season of the year. And the the third thing I'm talking about that that you don't talk about, unless you want to divide people, is Hallmark Christmas movies. You guessed it. Like some of you, somebody, we've been been doing some banter back and forth, uh, like I I did the first week of this, Julie did the second week, and so you've heard two different opinions. So we're going to end the debate today. I won't talk about Hallmark Christmas movies next week, but we're going to end it today with a little section of the talk we're entitling Five things that let you know you're watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. And, and if you see these things, you can be confident the movie you are watching is a Hallmark Christmas movie. The first one's really easy. It doesn't need much explanation. Lots of fake snow. If you, if you see a snowflake rest on the jacket of a man, during, and it doesn't melt for like five minutes during a makeout session, you can be confident you're watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. Here's number two. A failing family business. And, and what will rescue this failing family business? Not a new marketing strategy, not better products for a lower price, not better branding. Everyone knows that what will rescue that failing family business is true love. Because every small business owner knows, if I can just find my soulmate, I can get this thing turned around. You know? Okay, number three, you know, you know you're watching a Christmas Hallmark movie when you see a 90s actress almost everyone forgot about. I'm making some of you upset. The laughs are not near as loud as the first one. Here's number four. Characters that have no clue how to dress for winter. If you see that, let's throw that next picture on the screen, Brownie. The Christmas parade takes place in northern Connecticut. It's 20 degrees on average, Christmas Day, northern Connecticut. A parade takes place where? That would be outside, correct, from the sound booth yet this couple looks like they're ready for Dancing with the Stars season 10 right here, okay? Some of you are like, how does he know so much about these? I'm not, I, I'm not answering that question. All right, last one, number five. You know you're watching a Hall, Hallmark Christmas movie when you see a small town with a dumb name. In the Hallmark Christmas universe, there is a town named Cookie Jar. And characters in the film say the name over and over again without laughing. That deserves an Oscar right there. Okay, so that's it. We've, we've ended the debate, and now some of you are, are mad at me. So we, we, let's move on. So we're going to look at a realistic Christmas movie today. Not really, not really. Uh, we are going to look at a film that revolves around the most ruthless, Despicable Christmas villain of all time today. And and who is the most ruthless, despicable Christmas villain of all time? Just yell it out. The Grinch. the Grinch, yes. The termite smiling, cactus cuddling, greasy black peel, Grinch. And although you know we know his story and his song, let's just be reminded of it together.
1: With this coat and this hat, I look just like Saint Nick. Ho ho ho! You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel.
2: You're as cuddly as a cactus and as charming as an eel,
3: Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy Black Peel.
2: You're a monster, <laughs> Mr. Grinch. Yes, you are.
3: Your heart's an empty hole.
2: Your brain is full of spiders. You got gallagher is alone, oh, oh, Mr.
3: Grinch. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't touch you ever! 39 and a Ask for three quarters, not five eighths.
2: Stay, focused! Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask the who, 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 cool then. Girl...
3: No one's denying A little slow. But that's what these tests are for! You're a vile one.
1: Mr. Grinch, you have
3: termites in your smile. You have all the
2: tender sweetness
3: of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Grinch. Given the choice between you, I take that. (laughs)
2: Say,
0: say, <laughs> so did, did you know that the Grinch, uh, is the only Christmas classic that I could think of that's been remade twice since it was first released, um, it's been 52 years ago since the uh, original Grinch that Stole Christmas, like, was released as a television animated movie. Uh, 18 years ago, Full Motion Picture with Jim Carrey came out, uh, and then just this year, they re-released the animated film, uh, and I went to see it this week with my youngest, Bentley, and it is a delightful little movie. Uh, the Grinch is way less scary, so it didn't seem like a horror movie to, to Bentley this time he watched The Grinch. So, uh, But uh, in in the new Grinch, it's grossed nearly $300 million already, and it's the third edition of the film. And and here's why we connect with the Grinch, and we know the story, we know the story, yet we'll watch it again, and we'll go to the movies and pay $8 for a ticket, $5 for a soda to to see this movie again. Here's why we connect with the Grinch, because every one of us has some Grinch in us. Look, Look at the person next to you and say, I can be kind of a Grinch. Just tell them right now, I can be kind of a Grinch, even if you don't know them. We're we're all a Grinch, right? And and even Dr. Seuss, of course, the author of the story, he didn't have to look very far for the inspiration for this story. Here's what he said in an interview uh, after his story was released. He says, I was brushing my teeth on the morning of the 26th of last December when I noted a very Grinchish countenance in the mirror. It was Seuss. Something had gone wrong with Christmas, I realized, or more likely with me, so I wrote the story about my sour friend, the Grinch, to see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that obviously I'd lost. Dr. Seuss said this was the easiest story he ever wrote. Why? Because it's our story. It's about our tendencies to be Grinchy. We're all a Grinch. As much as we hate the Grinch, especially in the first part of the story, we're all the Grinch. We all have issues and problems and and we, we struggle with our attitude at times, and um, look at Romans 3.23, and most of you have probably seen this verse before, it says, for everyone is sin, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. We're all a grinch, we, we all do grinchy things. And when you're as messed up as I am, that is an easy thing to confess to right there. Easy thing. Like I don't deserve to be up here giving this talk this morning about the you know how we're all grinchy. I I don't deserve to be a pastor of a church. I mess up so often, I react in anger, I I have a bad attitude at times, I let the day get to me and and respond. Like like I have said many times before, because some of you are thinking right now, like if the pastor's saying he's a Grinch, then I must be the Grinch of all Grinches. I I've shared so many times, like you most of you see me in the best thirty minutes of my week. As I've had time to process and think through what I'm going to say, and the, the kids aren't you know, testing my limits or you know, getting on my nerves in some way, or, or the, it's the morning still, so the life events, like chaotic life events throughout the day that are out of my control haven't happened that caused me to react in, in different emotions and stuff like that, I'm way more messed up than you probably think I am. That's why I often speak to myself on Sundays, and I use the word we, not you, because we're in this together. But but I understand, when when we come to church, sometimes we can feel like the worst sinner in the room. It just happens sometimes. And and maybe you are, okay? Maybe you are, I don't know. We're not going to raise hands or anything on that one, but but here's what I want to say. Like, Revolution Church, the, the place you, the community you find yourself in this morning, Revolution Church is a perfect place for imperfect people. We're all a Grinch. We're all messed up. Everyone has a little Grinch in their get up. Even those that may look like they have it all together as you maybe look around the room, I guarantee you they don't have it all together. Let's watch why the Grinch is the Grinch. And this is going to let us in on why we have some Grinch in us as well. Look at this.
2: In your own words, please tell me everything you know about the Grinch. Where did he come from? Oh, (laughs) Oh, wait. He came the way all who babies come. <laughs> On calm nights, baby hoo girls and tiny hoo fellas <gasps> drift from the sky in their own tumbler cellars.
0: Hey, honey, our baby's here. He looks just like your boss.
2: Oh, so that's how it works. Mhm. It was Christmas Eve, and a strange wind blew that night.
3: Get together.
2: It was morning before anybody realized that he was out there. The poor dear... But you know what? We knew right away that he was special. Christmas time is here again. Oh. oh, do you want a Christmas cookie? Yes, which Christmas cookie would you like? Santa. Oh, oh, oh. it's Christmas. Yes, that is a Santa plate. Do you want to hold the Santa plate? Yes. Oh, oh. oh. Santa.
0: bye-bye. The Grinch was born a Grinch, right? And that's what I want to get across to all of us today. We're, we're all born a Grinch. From birth, there is just something in us that naturally rebels. J- just like the, the Grinch was born with this nature against Santa Claus, <laughs> bye-bye, uh, you know, uh, and against Christmas and all of that stuff. There's something in us that, that naturally rebels against God and God's glorious standard, as we read in, in Romans 3.23. Like, for example, what is every child's, one of every child's first words? Mine, Right? Like, you might have one of the greatest kids in the world, but I guarantee you, by about age two, they have learned that, that word, mine. And, and like, we try to get them to say, like, mom or dad first or whatever. You know, we have that war. Like, say mom. We've never had one time, we've never had to say, say mine. You know, we never teach them that. They just figured that one out, right? We don't have to train kids to be selfish. We don't have to train a kid to take and talk back and hit and bite. You know, we're born with that. Uh, Look at what this man named David. He was the second king of the nation of Israel. Here's what he says. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. From the moment the sperm cell fertilized the egg, I was destined for grinchiness, because we're born into it. We we are naturally opposed to the things of God. We are natural-born sinners. No one has to teach it. If we're left alone, we'll just figure this thing out, right? And because we're all this way, broken humanity can cause us to go even deeper in our grinchiness. Take a look. For some reason, when he came home that day,
2: he really got into the Christmas spirit for the first time. Baby, picture you Perfect! Hanging around a Christmas tree. whoopsie! Call it like an angel of a bar. Christmas of
3: yours. What a lovely family, animal. everyone!
2: Oh, oh, come oh. have a lot of fun at Christmas time. Now is all okay. night. Everybody say, woohoo! Happy Christmas of
3: love, the fires of love. Baby, make a little wish.
2: This will be perfect on the top of the tree. Oh, Martha, oh, Christmas. So everything you've been dreaming of. Christmas of love. I want you all to look your best tomorrow. You don't have a chance with her. You're eight years old and you have a beard. Has everyone given their gift? I haven't. Christmas, Martha May. Why do you have a bag on your head? Probably because he's embarrassed by that idiot or (laughs) his gift. Mr. Grinch, please take the bag off. Yes, you take it off. Hmm? Put the book down. your foot. Look at that hack job! <laughs> Stupid trippet! Stupid drink! I hate Christmas!
3: The anger, the fury, the muscles. It was a horrible day
1: when they were so cruel to him and I could hardly bear it.
0: So the Grinch was born a Grinch, and then he was hurt. We're all a Grinch, we're all born a Grinch, and we've all been hurt. And, and hurt, it, it's like gasoline on a Grinch fire. We, we've all had times in our lives, ju- just like the Grinch, where part of who we are today has been impacted by the actions of people yesterday. Yesterday by something that was said or something that was left unsaid, by by someone that let us down in a moment of crisis, someone that lied about you or betrayed you, someone that you realized finally, you know, like you you just came to this revelation that they've been using you, they're not really a friend, they don't really care about you, and and, and that someone, they, they may have even been in the church, I don't know if you're aware of this, but church people hurt people too, and sometimes even worse, right? That, that hurt may be something that happened in your childhood or, or teenage years, just, just like the Grinch. His pain and this anti-Christmas attitude, it went back to a moment in time as a kid. And what we do, listen, what we do with the hurt in our lives, it makes all the difference in the world. Hurt can act like gasoline on a Grinch fire. When, when someone does something to us that hurts us and, and causes shame, the enemy of our soul would love for us to respond, just like the Grinch. We isolate ourselves from others, we, we hold bitterness in our heart toward other people. And that's what the Grinch did with the hurt and the pain throughout his life. He ignored it, he isolated himself, he went and moved away from town, the top of this mountain. And this is what we're tempted to do as well. We, we separate ourselves from everyone else, we isolate ourselves, we, we become bitter, we, we allow negative thoughts to come into our mind about other people, and even God. Like, we're tempted to, to go to this place of negativity toward God, bitterness toward God. Look at what this guy, he was a prophet in the Old Testament. His name is Jeremiah. And, and look, at, like, there's some things going on in his life. And here's, here's kind of where he points the finger. Oh, Lord, you misled me, and I allowed myself to be misled. You're stronger than I am, and you overpowered me. Like, God, I, I'm looking at you on this. Now I'm mocked every day. Think about how that relates to the Grinch. Now I'm mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. When I speak, the words burst out, violence and destructions I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. Jeremiah's like, like, God, I'm trying to follow you. I'm doing what you say to do. And even in that, I'm being made fun of. And things aren't going well. And things are out of control. And it's just not good. And, and God, it's, it's, it's on you. Friends, we've all been hurt. And we all place our blame in different ways. And, and back to the Grinch. Because of this guilt and shame and pain that was unaddressed, in his state of isolation, he comes up with a plan. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hurt everybody that hurt me by taking away what they love the most. And we all know what that was. Christmas. He comes up with this elaborate plan to steal Christmas. But in the midst of the plan, I don't know what happened there. In the midst of the plan... Something that happens. Something happens. Check it out.
1: He cleaned out that icebox as quick as a flash. Why, that Grinch, he even took their last can of hoo-hash. Then he stuffed all the food up the chimney with glee. And now, grinned at the Grinch. I'll stuff up the tree. And the Grinch grabbed the tree, and he started to shove when he heard a small sound like the coo of a dove.
2: Excuse me.
1: The Grinch had been caught by this tiny hoo daughter who got out of bed for a cup of cold water.
2: Santa Claus, what are you doing with our tree?
1: But you know, that old Grinch was so smart and so slick. He thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. My sweet little dot. The fake Santa Claus lied. <laughs> There's a light on this tree that won't blink on one side. So I'm taking it home to my workshop, oh, my dear. <laughs> I'll fix it up there and I'll bring it back here.
2: What's Christmas really about? Vengeance!
1: <gasps> er, I mean... Presents. I suppose.
2: Hmm. I wasn't afraid of that.
1: And his fib fooled the child. Then he patted her head, and he got her a drink, and he sent her to bed.
2: i know he's mean and hairy and smelly his hands might be cold and clammy but i think he's actually kind of sweet
1: sweet you don't think he's sweet
2: merry christmas santa
1: when Cindy Lou went up with her cup. Nice kid. Bad judge of character. He went to the chimney and stuffed the tree up.
0: Sweet girl, bad judge of character. That's the best line of the movie right there. Um, the Grinch was born a Grinch we're all born a Grinch. He was hurt by people. We've all been hurt by people, right? We've all been hurt by people. But just as we've all been hurt, we've all been loved as well. We've all been loved. See, this this is where everything begins to change for the Grinch. And, And no, he doesn't immediately change, right? And yes, sometimes for many of us, it takes quite a while like to kind of catch the hint, right? But something begins to change in this scene because one little girl, Cindy Lou Who, saw something in the Grinch nobody else saw. Right? Everybody else just saw the issues. Everybody else just saw the bitterness. Everybody else just saw the problems. Everybody else just saw the exterior. But this one little girl teaches us what grace is all about because no matter what the exterior looks like, no matter what the Grinchiness of our lives looks like, God can see beyond all of that into the heart of who we are. And he sees potential in every single one of us. I I love this verse right here. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. It says, Jesus Christ, he is the faithful witness to these things. It's just describing who Jesus is. He's the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. That's who Jesus is. Now look what he does. All glory to Jesus who loves us. And has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. I love this verse. And I don't just love this verse because of the words of this verse. I love this because of the order of the words of this verse. Because notice, it doesn't say he freed us, then he loved us. It says the opposite. Specifically, that he loved us. And because he loved us, he freed us. He didn't wait for us to get it all together. He didn't wait for us to figure it all out. You know, He took us in all of our grinchiness and ugliness and sinfulness. He loved us in our brokenness. He loved us in our fear. He, he loved us full of mistakes, and he saw potential in us. We've all been loved, friends. We've all been loved. And what I want to say to everyone in the room today is no matter how many mistakes you've made or how many hurts are eating away at your soul, you you might think you're damaged goods, but you are never too far damaged to not be freed by a Savior. And because of what you've done or or what may have been done to you, you you probably fight the demons of shame and guilt and and I'm not good enough, but what I want to speak is what our God, I believe, is speaking to us in this verse. It's never too late. He sees something in you. That maybe you don't see. And when everyone else just sees a Grinch, and when when you look in the mirror and in some days and some mornings, it's like that's all you can see is the Grinchiness. God sees his child. Someone that is deeply loved by God. And because of this one act of love and grace, by this one little girl, the dominoes begin to fall. And eventually, a transformation happens.
1: Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. (coughs) He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same! (laughs) Mr. Green! And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice-cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons! It came without tags! It came without packages, boxes or bags! And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps...
3: means a little bit more.
1: happened then? Well, in Whoville they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs>
0: Like even when we fight it, right? Even when we seemingly don't want it, like God's love pursues us. I read a devotional this week. I just want to read you just a small section of that devotional. It says, there's nothing we could do to keep God from pursuing us. There's no sin too great, no distance we could run that would discourage God from loving us. From the moment you were born, God has been pursuing your heart. His greatest longing is for a relationship with you. God is after your heart right now. He's sweetly knocking on the door of your heart that you might simply let him in. More than he wants to do something for or wants you to do something for him today, he simply wants you to know he is with you and he is for you. Respond to God's pursuit today by giving him your heart. See, this is the thing. God's love, it's not just some feeling, some emotion, some ooey-gooey, oh, God loves me. It is active, friends. It pursues us. It knocks down walls to get to us. It climbs mountains. It busts through barriers to get to our heart when we seemingly don't want it. When we are pushing back, God pursues us. That's how much he loves you today. And I don't know if you've kind of drifted from that or fallen from that or maybe like you're just back for the first time in a long time to church. You're here today, and you just need that message. You need that truth. God's love is pursuing your heart, and it's never too late. It's never too late. Let's stand together.